Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, a wing and a player. Michael and Patrick have been best friends since high school. Michael likes to think of himself as Patrick's wingman, helping alert him to interested ladies when they're out together. Patrick thinks his friend lacks the subtlety to be a wingman and also misjudges politeness for romantic interest. Is Michael helping his friend find love and happiness, or is he steering him in the wrong direction? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Speak. I'll listen. I judge you. Yes, talk to me of judgment. I judge you. That's your theme. Embroider it. Embroider it. Embroider it. I judge you so much. Jesse Thorne, swear them in, please. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that his almost unspeakable level of star power means that he requires no wingman at all? Yes. Yes, I, I do as well. Very well. Judge Hodgman? H- Hello, gentlemen. Uh, the plaintiff is Michael. Are you bringing the case? I am bringing in the case. All right, Michael, for an immediate snap judgment in your favor can you name the piece of culture that i referenced uh, as andrew oh as an avid listener i so frequently can at the top of the show but today i cannot unfortunately yeah the hint it is not fargo yeah precisely (laughs) yes patrick (laughs) for an immediate snap judgment in your favor can you name the piece of culture that I referenced when I entered the courtroom and spoke so touchingly of speaking and judgment and embroidery. Was it uh, Fargo? <laughs> no, I, I really don't know. Is it a Touch of Evil? I don't know. Well, that would be interesting. I'll put that one down, Touch of Evil. No, it is, of course, the story of the ultimate wingman, Cyrano de Bergerac, Roxanne and Christian speaking oh. to each other. I was, I was reading both parts. And I, did, I chose not to do a lady's voice because I have dignity. It so, would have made it more confusing. You know what? Uh, let's just uh, calm down, everybody. I know we all want to talk, but now it's time for me to talk. Michael, uh, you're 22 yes. years old. You're both 22 years old. Yes, young, you're young, young men on the cusp of life, of adult, of adult life, <laughs> and good friends. Is that correct? Yes, Your Honor. Where did you grow up together? Uh, we grew up uh, in a very small town outside of Bowling Green, Kentucky. And what was the name of the town? It was called Russellville, uh, although Patrick was from Lewisburg, which was an adjacent tiny town. Tw- oh, yeah, the twin towns of uh, <laughs> <laughs> Russellburg and Lewisville. Twin towns yes. outside of Bowling Green, Kentucky. I know them well. So, <laughs> Michael, cast your mind back. Describe for me what happened on the night of the 15th. 17, or however many years ago, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20, five years ago, when this dispute began. What happened? Uh, let's see. Patrick had come over to my house because we had uh, intended to, to just go out and go to Bowling Green, which was, you know, the festive uh, city uh, closest city. to us. Mm-hmm. Yes, precisely. They had a Walmart there. Yep. Um, you were going to roll so, some bowls uh, on the green. <laughs> precisely. Mm-hmm, I got you. Um, and... Uh, Whenever he got to my house, uh, he told me that he was uh, concerned that his hairline was uh, prematurely receding. Oh, my gosh. Uh, at 17 years old. Or so you claim uh, 17. Or so you claim 17. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, yes, you're correct. Uh, I remember very distinctly we, we got on the Internet and I researched some shampoos for him. And then, oh. you know, I told him, yeah, thank you. Um, and then I told him that, uh, you know, he, he need not worry. And we, we went out for our, for our night together. And then we went to... Um, to an Indian restaurant uh, that we used to frequent. In in uh, Bowling Green? Yes, precisely. And I'll allow you to buzz market it. Uh, It is called Taj Palace. If you are ever in the area, I highly recommend you go there. It's delicious. All right. I have since moved to Chicago and have yet to find uh, an Indian restaurant as good. But no, so we went to this Indian restaurant and we were, you know, waiting for uh, our waitress and Patrick said, oh, something along the lines of, I love Indian food so much. I, uh, I could just sit here and get get fat off Indian food all day. 
to ever the clever friend I took and it upon myself. And that's to. and that's when you and that's when you brought out the samples of uh, Rogaine that you had brought for your friend. <laughs> um, I had not stooped so low yet. Wait no, sir. I'm going uh, to pause there on the Indian food thing. What mm-hmm. you went on the internet and what what were you researching for your friend? Oh, it was so long ago. I just I, I remember distinctly that we were researching like shampoos that would help his predicament. You know, uh, shampoos that would fight a receding hairline. And were you doing this in order to help your friend or to humiliate him? To, to help him, I would never want to humiliate him. Okay. Uh, yeah. If there was no one else around. For the, for those um, for those of you for those of you uh, listening at home who are not privy to our our pre our pre show uh, uh, audio tech rehearsal, uh, we were having a little trouble with Patrick's line. And uh, and Michael at one point said, "Boy, I hope he's okay. I better call him." <laughs> and I, you, are, you are the caretaker in this relationship, are you not? Um, self-imposed most of the time. All right. Um, I do intensely care for him. Okay. So now, Patrick, you've been very uh, patient. How are you today? Oh, I'm I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit confused that. Uh, I've been, had this case brought against me, but since I do have this case brought against me, it is a, a pleasure to have it being uh, discussed in such a manner So, by uh, you fellows. Yeah, and I, I suppose that I'm trying to get it on your good side right now. Well, you should, because if this goes against your favor, there is a chance that you will go in the box for 30 days. <laughs> Uh-oh. So... Now, mm. you've been listening to your friend Michael tell the story so far. We haven't even gotten to the biggest part of the dispute. Are there any, the facts of the case that have been relayed to me so far, are they in your mind more or less accurate? Were you, what age were you when uh, these events oh. uh, occurred? 16, 17, what's your memory well, of it? It would be more around 17, and I, okay. he says that I wouldn't think it's more than 17, but I... Don't know. I think that it's probably. I mean, I know that I was a sophomore in college, and I feel like I would have been at least eighteen. He might have been seventeen at the time, but we're not necessarily the same age. Well, you're obviously if we. You're obviously a very confused person, so it's good that you have Michael looking out for you. But I'm not. (laughs) What I'm trying to determine here is: is are you a bald person? Was your hairline receding at this time? Is that is that true? Or did you fear that? I feel like the case? it may have been. Yeah, all right. This was, but this is a conversation oh. that you had where you said, boy, oh boy, I don't know what age I am, but I do think that <laughs> my hairline might be receding. Uh, well, a simple yes or no would suffice. I remember seeing, yeah, I, my hairline seemed to be receding at the time because it looked different than I was used to it looking. Right. It was on the sides, it was my, it was thinning out. And Your Honor, might I add No, you may not. Hang on, I want to hear about the sides thinning out. Stand by. Please do not jump in. Very sorry. You have been reprimanded. Uh-huh. Go to the box for an hour. Now. Well, this is hard to describe. Um, see my scalp. Not for most humans. So, yeah. A lot of people have those. Uh, you know how a lot of people have widow's peaks? Sure. And some people don't have widow's peaks? You're talking about the vampires. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. those. Okay, widow's peaks. Uh, I know what they are. They're the most famously, they most famously have widow's peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what almost seemed like there was this, I never had a widow's peak, and it almost seemed like there was this self-imposed widow's peak happening here, but it was all rounded out, and there, there was a loss of... Uh, I don't know. It's like it, it just seemed like erosion on the sides, but on, on the very front, it uh, remained the same. It's very hard to describe this. I don't know scientific terms for my no. It's, head. Hard, it's hard to picture. But basically, you're saying you were starting to develop a widow's peak. That's what it seemed. To, yeah, yeah, it just seemed like change going on, and, and, and you, I didn't know why. Had, had you been bitten by any bats recently, or marauded <laughs> late at night by strange creatures? Maybe the the, the monster of Popelick, Kentucky, for example. Anything like that? Any weird supernatural events happening? Well, I think that it, sometimes we we get some pretty big mosquitoes in Kentucky, and sometimes they come inside and. They buzz about, and sometimes they hit you in the head and wake you up because they're so they're actually quite large. They they run into you, and they're not able to be. Um, I guess they're mosquitoes that are more attuned to like sucking horses' blood and, and such. But okay. you know, whenever they try to bump into you, they definitely wake you up. All right, bailiff Jesse. Uh, um, 
Yes, I, that just, may have happened. Okay, thank you. We, we just put in the record that when I asked the defendant if indeed he recalled confessing to Michael that he thought his hair was thinning, he said simply yes. Okay, <laughs> so noted. We'll put that in the record, uh, and we'll okay. have we'll keep the audio for 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 later historians. Now, did you also go to an Indian restaurant with your friend? Oh yes, we went to the Indian restaurant. All right. It's fair it, because that was none of my friends in uh, Lexington. See, I was in I, I was going to the University of Kentucky at oh, the time, okay. and I came down to visit him. All right, and uh, see, nobody, none of my friends in uh, Lexington enjoyed Indian food, and uh-huh. I was that made me very sad. So whenever I came to Logan County, slash, well, whenever I came to Bowling Green, mm-hmm. see Michael, uh, yes, sir, or whenever we went, we went to Bowling Green together, uh-huh. I should say. Um, we would always go to that Indian place because it was just filling a need for me. Very well. Now, Bailiff Jesse? Yes. Will you just mark in the record that when I asked the defendant if they had gone to an Indian <laughs> restaurant, he said yes? <laughs> so noted. Thank you. Now, Patrick, you mentioned that you were going to university at this time or college. Is that right? Yes. So right. you probably were older than 17 years old, weren't you? I would say so, yeah. How do you respond to that, Michael? Even though I... In my memory, uh, we Get were Get back both... in the box! <laughs> Patrick? I'm very sorry, Your Honor. Shh. Patrick, did you say something yes. along the lines of, I would like to get fat off of foreign food? Or how do you remember it? Oh, I don't know if I said that I would like to. I may have said something like... I think I think what probably ended up happening was and this happens a lot while we go to these places uh we like were not sure if we were going to get samosas or pakoras sure uh because we like both and uh so we just said we'll get both and then we'll also get some naan and then we'll also get some entrees and then I probably said something like boy we're going to I'm going to get fat today or something like that. All Not necessarily right. saying, oh, I'd love to get fat off of this. Even though that's pretty much what, you know, mm-hmm. ordering the stuff was doing in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Saying that. Great. Uh, and then Jesse just put in the record that when I asked if he had said those <laughs> words, he said, more or less. Probably something <laughs> like that. So noted. Okay. Now, <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Michael, can you describe what happened uh, then? You're um, after Patrick made uh, this comment, uh, no matter what it may have been about uh, fatness in Indian food, uh, I took it upon myself to then say, uh, so then you'll be both fat and bald. Ooh. Um, yes. And I should, I should also note that Patrick is amongst the kindest people ever. He's never gotten mad at me, even whenever he had due cause to be mad at me. And he, that was the first time I had ever seen him visibly angry with me. And what did he look like? He put, I remember distinctly, he put his head in his hands and I, att- I try, attempted to apologize and he just said, don't, don't, don't try right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what happened? I thought you were the nice one. And all of a sudden um, you're being mean. Um, well, it's, uh, you know, old schoolyard ribbing uh, coming back into, into my system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I regret it. I don't think it was even a clever enough joke to have made out loud. All right. But it, the, uh, de- the deed was done and it's now been revisited here. Precisely. So then, yeah. so then, what happened that brings the dispute to my court? Um, shortly thereafter, the waitress did come, and uh, she was a younger lady. the The restaurant was run by a Nepalese family. We had never seen this young lady working there before. Mm-hmm. Hang on, um, let, and she let, came- let me just put my feet up. Go on. All right. <laughs> um, uh, and so this woman came up to our table, and she started. She was talking to us and being cordial with oh, us. Wow. And then after she left, I told Patrick. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that girl is flirting with you. I see. Patrick refused to believe it and thought that I was only sparing his feelings. He he insisted mm. that there was no way that this girl was interested in him and that I was only saying so so that I could get out of the uh, metaphorical doghouse. Oh, okay. So he thought you were buttering him up at that time. Precisely. Uh-huh. Or in the case of Indian food, geeing him up. Clar- yes. Clarified buttering him up, as it were. <laughs> I see. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Patrick, you just heard this tale of humiliation. Does this, uh, does this comport with your uh, memory of the events of that evening of the Nanith of five years ago? Yeah. Um, 
Mostly, yes, except for the thing that he's the way he said she, I think that girl was flirting with you. That, that's not what he said. He said, Patrick, that girl wants to, that girl totally wants to fuck you. That's what, that's Whoa. basically what he said. Wow. Michael, mm. you present yourself as such a clean cut guy buying anti hair loss shampoo for your friends. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you've turned into a a, a, a dowsy frat boy. Um, I was a, a much more crass teenager than I am today. I've mm-hmm. become a modern day gentleman. Mm-hmm. At the time, I wore my hair long. I wore t shirts. See, I thought uh, you were both gentlemen of Kentucky, but now I wonder. Um, perhaps you are allowed to, sir. It appears that you may never make the rank of colonel. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, all I can say is that I was a teenager and that uh, my, my language was far, far, far more crass than it is today. I see. And that if I did say such a thing, uh, then it was, it was only in the notion of, of alerting Patrick to this girl's interest in you him. You were so desperate to make up for the terrible faux pas of accusing your friend of being fat and bald. I would not say that. poking I, him I, precisely I, at his most sensitive part at that moment, which was his mysterious supernatural emerging widow's peak, <laughs> that you decided that you overcompensated and said that this girl wanted to have intercourse with him. Um, subconsciously, that might have been happening, but I will say that, my, that it, was only, it was the most sincere comment I could have made, uh, because that girl was, it, was uh, displaying interest All right. in him. So. Here's where it comes down. I'm so glad you guys came to me for this, because as you may know, I am a, uh, a person who has been married for more than a decade and uh, was, uh, has been monogamous for almost 25 years. So I know a lot about flirting and dating. <laughs> I, well, I don't know a lot about flirting and dating in real time, but I am extremely adept at looking back past the years and realizing five, 10, or 15 year la- years later, oh, yeah. That girl was flirting with me. <laughs> so I'm pretty yeah. good. I'm pretty well qualified to judge. So and, and, and describe to me again, the, you, Michael, you went through some long explanation about how this was actually a Nepalese family. And but this mm-hmm. young woman was of mixed Eurasian origin. And what, what was the story oh, again? No, no. Uh, this, this girl was uh, was very much an Anglo woman, uh, okay. which was unusual. So she's a local. She's not a member of the family serving you. Precisely. And precisely. Right, and, right. and actually, um, and she, how old would add, you say she is or was at the time? Maybe a couple of years older than us, uh, maybe 20, I will say. Well, you, we, we've established that you have no uh, judgment of age. So <laughs> I, I take it back. Patrick, how old was the young woman? Oh, oh um, she was probably uh, in. I know she had to be be in college years because I vaguely remember her discussing how she had taken classes. Okay, I'm not asking for hearsay or or your conjecture. I'm asking for the facts as you remember them without opinionating. So here's how we're going to yes. do it, Michael. Michael, <laughs> you're going to be this young woman, and can we call her a young woman? All right, because yes, already she was she was of age when presumably when you dumb teenagers were eating your samosas. <laughs> so this young yes. woman, you will, be, you will be her, and I will be Patrick, and Patrick, you will be silent. Okay. All right. That's fine. We're going to go through this uh, mystery date, and if you, have, <laughs> okay. if you have an objection of fact All right. where you feel like Michael is misrepresenting what happened, I encourage you to say, objection, or you could say, alternately, at this point, I would like to raise an objection uh, <laughs> about this. Well, I just have to let me just butt in for a second to say something. OK, so that's what you'll say if, if Michael has, a, has an objection. Sure. In fact. All right. Sounds good. Let, OK, m- let's do it. OK. <laughs> OK. Michael. Uh, yes, Your Honor. Yeah. Hello, my name is Patrick, and uh, I'd like to order some samosas or pakoras. I don't, I can't, uh, I can't remember the difference between them, but maybe, oh well, uh, well, pakoras are basically like little fried vegetables that are just held together, held together with batter. Uh, samosas are more like inside the batter. There are vegetables. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, okay, now this is Judge John Hodgman again. Now, 
begin the how, walk me through the flirting. What happened? What did you see happen? Uh, in as uh, in role play mode? Yes, of course. Hi, how are you today? I'm well. Uh, hmm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, so, uh, you know, what, how can I help you guys today? Well, I think I mentioned before the samosas and pakoras, and I appreciate the definition you gave of both because I was legitimately confused about that. Even That's in my, all right. even in my guise as Judge John Hodgman, I'd like to eat some of this uh, foreign food to assuage my anxiety about my receding hairline. Oh, your hairline's not receding. You look great. And now, did she say that? No, she did not. But uh, <laughs> no, she didn't at all. Thank you. <laughs> that, that didn't happen. If if she did say that you look great, then we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. What I would have happened think. if she had said that you look great? Oh, you never know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> excuse me. All right. So what? Um, all right, well, I don't know. Character. All right. This is the, the conversation was probably something more along the lines. Yeah, describe, so are you guys from right. around here? Right. Um, to which Patrick would have responded, "Oh, well, I'm actually currently in school. I go to UK, which is around I don't know, like a hundred miles away." Now this is, your, she, this is you recounting your memories, not what probably happened, but as best yes, you can remember. precisely Patrick as best as I can remember. Yes, you're Patrick right. said something about the fact that he was in college and you were a mere high school student still. Yes, and she mentioned uh, something about her classes. Yes, what classes was she taking? That I don't remember, Your okay. Honor. Um, but she, she she did she then engaged in a conversation with Patrick uh, mm-hmm. that lasted for quite a few moments. Would, if you were to estimate, knowing that you're a terrible judge of time and ages, if you were to <laughs> estimate five to ten minutes, this is before the order was taken? Yes, this was before the order was taken, and I would uh-huh. say around three to six minutes. All right, three to six minutes. And, uh, and the entire time that she was talking to Patrick, she was speaking to Patrick. I presume she had her back to you or had covered your head with a, a velvet black sack or something? Um, <laughs> metaphorically, yes, yes, Your Honor. Uh, I, I don't remember saying anything other than, uh, other, uh, to her other than, you know, please bring me a chicken tikka masala. And, pa- and Patrick, <laughs> you tried to get that in edgewise as these two were having their little... Precisely. Uh, right. Okay, I understand. And then she, she took the order. You ordered chicken tikka masala. Patrick mm-hmm. ordered... Uh, Patrick ordered... Uh, what, did, what did he order? A sock paneer, probably. Oh, nice choice, Patrick. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, me too. Good job. Uh, and then she went away. Now, next question. When she came back to give you the food, did she continue the conversation or was that the end of the flirting? In my memory, mm-hmm. uh, the conversation did continue. If you were to ask me about what, I, I don't pre- precisely remember. Okay. Um, but uh, they, they did continue talking again while I, you know, was left alone. While you slowly cut yourself with a, with a knife in order <laughs> to remind yourself that you were still alive? Oh. Precisely, yes, okay. you're on. I see. Patrick, what classes was she taking? Oh, you know, I... I have no clue. I, I don't remember what classes she was taking. It could have been something like, um, mm, it might have been something like journalism classes, but I don't, I really have no clue at this <laughs> point in time. Now, is that because you have a vague memory of maybe journalism classes or you're just picking out a class at random? Well, you got me. Did she look like a journalism major? She had a pen in her breast pocket. She had a pen in her breast pocket. Well, we all know that in Kentucky, that is a well-known signal for I would like to hug and kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When, when yeah, one, we have when strange one goes, customs. When one goes cruising for heterosexual hookups in Indian restaurants in Kentucky, that is how you <laughs> indicate that you are available. <laughs> what else did you notice about mm. this? Is, I, I, what else did you notice about this one? What did she look like, Michael? I, I mainly remember seeing the back of her head and neck uh, because she was not speaking to me. So neither of you actually fell in love with this young woman. Unfortunately, no. I know it's sad, isn't it? What if she's listening right now? <laughs> Pining away forevermore. And when she came back, did you have other? Uh, do you have any memories of any further conversation? I don't know. I think that Michael had made me self-conscious at this point, almost. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that I'd never thought about her um, wanting to do that. Um, 
before, whenever we were, I suppose, chatting, whenever he pointed this thought out, uh, this idea out, I was very, very, mm, I guess that I had become very shy, perhaps, and that I mainly just was trying to be as polite as possible whenever she brought us, you know, any of the food or any of the water. Right. But she actually didn't come out very much. It's not that she wasn't a very good waitress. I wouldn't say that. She didn't, uh-huh. like, come out and check on us and, and say, you know, like, so you guys want some dessert? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, um, all the time, every five minutes or, or something. So I don't know. Very brief whenever she did, whenever we did uh, interact from that point on, mm-hmm. I'd say. Okay, Jesse, would you just mark in the record uh, that when I asked uh, Patrick the last question, uh, he answered, <laughs> but I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> so noted. Thank Wait, you. what was the question? I don't <laughs> you don't, do, do you recall any of the conversation that happened afterward? And your answer, I think, was you don't really recall that much about it, and it may be because you were so shocked and 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 self made so self conscious by uh, Michael calling you fat and bald that uh, <laughs> you were thrown off your otherwise unimpeachable game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, do you believe that you are shy normally? I feel like I used to be much more shy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I feel like each year that passes, I become less shy. Let's put it that way. All but right. I've always been somewhat shy you don't, in these circumstances, all right. especially in these circumstances. All right. You certainly seem like someone who's able to have a conversation. <laughs> and you certainly no. seem like a nice fellow. And uh, uh, Michael, you submitted some evidence. Is that right? Um, I submitted one single photograph, a very low-quality photograph of Patrick and myself, yes. I see. Um, in this, this is the most recent picture of the two of us taken. That's so why this I is a recent it. photograph? I'm seeing yeah. here, I have it here in front of me. But a mere two weeks ago, the last time Patrick visited me, yes, sir. And, yes, Your Honor. And you were, and it was taken inside a, of a, a Disneyland dark ride after the power had gone out. Is that what happened? <laughs> it would appear as such, but um, I believe we were at a karaoke bar at the time. Oh, okay, fantastic. Uh, what songs did you sing? I sang "Tiptoe Through the Tulips" and "Ignition Remix." Okay, and Patrick, did you sing a song? Oh yes, it was my idea to go. Oh, right. um, I sang Space Oddity, and uh, it's a living, I, I totally butchered a uh, living thing by uh, the Electric Light Orchestra, and uh, that one song by The Cure, was it? Show me, show me, show me how you, that, I forget the name, you Just are. Like Heaven, that's it. Ah, very well. That sounded very good, by the way. Uh, so what I have here, so which, which one is you, Michael? You are the one with the glasses, correct? Yes, Your Honor. So the other person I'm looking at here is Patrick? Yes, Your Honor. And Patrick, you have a full, a, a beautiful full head of hair here. Yes, I do. Yeah, your your hair um, is not your hair is not. I receding. haven't gotten bald. Right. Okay. And yeah. Uh, and uh, you're you're a very handsome dude, I have to say, Patrick. Well, thank you, sir. Well, and uh, and yeah, and you uh, and you've got a, a lovely uh, a lovely sort of um, uh, southern uh, charm to you, obviously. <laughs> A kind of a kind of slow burn. Let me tell you a story. Kind of charm to you. I'm not being. No, I'm not making well, fun I of you, Patrick. This, this is all true. No, I know you're not. I'm just. I, 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 that's. This is very nice. Whereas Michael, you kind of you kind of look like a, a doughy John Hodgman clone. <laughs> but it gets better. You do have a jaw. You have a jawline, so that's good. And it seems. Um, and, and based <laughs> on what I can see here, like uh, Patrick's wearing a nice T-shirt to the karaoke. Uh, you're you're wearing a, a sort of John Hodgman style button-up shirt and sweater vest. It almost looks like to me here. I, that is precisely what I'm wearing. I, I go very few. I go nowhere without wearing a collar. I go very few places without wearing a tie. Yes. Um, this is because, uh, as as you, you use the word doughy, I don't know if I would use John Hodgman clone uh, to describe myself, although that is flattering. When you compare Patrick and myself, one of us has to try harder than the other. That's very clear, and I would say that would be me. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You are the so you are the Cyrano de Bergerac in this situation. <laughs> yes, yes, Your Honor. <laughs> because you're sitting there watching this poor woman, this poor young woman, fall in love with your handsome non-hairline receding friend. Yes. 
this poor guy, you, 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 uh, you, you, she won't even look at you. Yes, Your Honor. Right. And yes. Th- and this poor guy doesn't even notice that she's in love with him. Precisely. I, I, I think the root of the issue is I've actually been with uh, in a monogamous relationship since I was 16. Uh, well, welcome uh, to the club, young John. Um, so, I, I mean, I, there, it, it is of no use to me if, if other people flirt with me. I, I only want what's best for my friend, and I make the perfect wingman in so many ways um, because I, I, there's no chance of me stealing uh, any potential uh, mate with whom Patrick could uh, hook up. Well, we don't have to put, and, it, in, I, we don't have to put it in those terms. <laughs> um, <laughs> it can be simply I, I, that <laughs> you want good things and happiness for your friend in the same yes. way you want him to have a full head of hair. Not that there's no chance that I'm going to cuckold him. <laughs> well, um, both statements are true. I, I apologize. Does for Patrick being, have uh, a problem getting? Does Patrick have a problem getting uh, getting ladies? Nowhere near as much as he used to have. Did he used to have a problem because he was he was terrified of his hairline receding and he was shyer than he <laughs> is now? Um, perhaps. I mean, I will also say that Patrick is is just one of the most likable people I've met, and people are often kind and polite to him. So I think that he has a hard time picking up on that, that specific type of kindness uh, and, and politeness whenever, you know, people are displaying uh, furthered interest in him. I think that he does have a hard time reading it because he's so used to people being polite to him because he is so affable. Do you think, does that, ha- does that hold any water with you, Patrick? Well, I suppose that it does, but I'm not sure. I think that I've, at, at some point in my life, at, whenever I was 16, I was, uh, I was quite shy, did not really pick up on signals, yes. Mm-hmm. However, I will admit as well that I don't he know has if I put it in a way that I'm used to people being polite to me. I think that I, it's uh, a little bit more uh, complicated. Well, maybe that is true. I, I guess, yes, <laughs> I'll just say yes. I'm not going to go on about that. That, that holds a water for me. I'll, I'll say that. Jesse, enter in the record that the defendant said yes. <laughs> So noted. <laughs> Michael? Yes, Your Honor. It is a, it is a wait, waitress's job to be polite. What is the one thing, if you could, the one thing that gave you the impression, since you've never seen a woman flirt with you ever in your life, <laughs> what is the one thing that gave you the impression for certain that she was flirting with Patrick rather than simply doing her job and professionally engaging with him in a polite way? The, the, fact, the fact that uh, she was not professionally engaging with me in that same polite way, um, and I will admit to, to being, uh, you know, slightly less social than Patrick, not, not ridiculously so, but slightly, and, and, and perhaps the onus is on me in that respect, but uh, Patrick has already admitted to feeling, you know, shyer and more self-conscious, so obviously the, the, the engaging, uh, the person who engaged would have, to, would, have, would have had to have been her, and she took it. She did not take it upon herself to to engage me in any way, shape, or form. Patrick, do you have ten or twenty last things that you'd like to say at this point? <laughs> I have at least one. Uh, fast forward to two thousand and mm, uh, what years? Two thousand twelve, mm-hmm. and uh, it is, I suppose, February of two thousand twelve. I'm in Logan County. Michael is in Logan County for the first time in. A year and a half? How long was it? Mm-hmm. Just uh, A year and a half, two years, yeah. A year and a half, two years, you okay. Guys, you guys sure like having uh, little conversations about measuring time. <laughs> it's a hobby. Logan County, Kentucky. It's, All right, Michael's hard. back to Logan County, um, Kentucky for the first time, and we'll say a while. We're having a night on the town. I've had a little bit to drink. Um, I decide to say, uh, well, whenever we're at the steak and shake, we're at the steak and shake after we're done. After I'm done, I think I was the only person drinking tonight. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, uh, Michael had, you know, the uh, ability to drive a car. He didn't drink at all, mm-hmm. so he was driving. Sure. The uh, this lady waitress, this young lady, she came up and she was. I was able to definitely tell. Yes, she is flirting with me. I can tell when I'm drunk. Um, but uh, she, uh, Michael, pointed this out to me and I said yeah I know right and so I gave her my number 
and that was a stupid idea. That was a stupid uh, thing to do, and you know, I, nothing ever came of it. So, and she was like, I know for a fact she was flirting with me much, in much more uh, uh, intense way than this other lady was. So, uh, I don't want to go into details about it, but she, well, I would she like definitely. You to- what was, what was the one and she, thing and I she gave did. my number and came, so. what, hang, what was the one thing that she did that gave you the cue that suggested that she was doing more than just politely engaging you in a professional way that made you think that you could give her your number I mean obviously mm-hmm. she had her she had her pen arrayed in the right way <laughs> yeah she had her little pen out um, it was just the way she was Kind of, the way she was laughing at what I was saying didn't seem like she was laughing at me. It seemed like she was laughing at what I. Was I think I have everything I need to make my decision. She, I'll be, I'm going to my chambers now, and uh, and I'll be back in just. A oh, minute. all right. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Patrick, do you want Michael's help? I wouldn't mind his help. It's just that uh, it needs to come from a very genuine place you know um it doesn't do you think to, that his help is insincere in some way not necessarily it's just that he doesn't need to he has i feel like he has a problem with hyperbole he uh exaggerates way too much about things and whenever it's, it's the smallest thing he uh has a Are habit we talking of, about your junk uh, <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> michael do you think you've got a, a, a shot in this case? Um, I think justice will, will prevail here. Um, I mean, I, I do think that, you know, I, I hope that Judge John Hodgman sees that my intentions are only to be a good winged man to my friend and to, uh, to, to only usher him along in, in the journey of, of uh, you know, finding a potential partner uh, and, and that I, I only want what's best for him. Very well. Please but, rise. Uh, those are not- Please take... Please I'll rise. Shut your pie hole. <laughs> Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Boy, that was the worst case of shut your pie hole baiting I've ever seen in this court. <laughs> it's like you know, someone can't come into this court without uh, they, they don't feel the, the experience is complete until Jesse Thorne tells them to shut their pie hole. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm so attuned to buzz marketing I'm not even noticing the shut your pie hole baiting. Here's the thing, uh, Patrick, that girl was flirting with you. I fully trust Michael in this case because I look at this photograph. Okay. And you're a handsome young dude, which is fine. Handsome young dudes get hit on, and sometimes they miss it, particularly if they are feeling extremely self-conscious about their bodies thanks to the unwise words of their best friends. <laughs> but also... Because uh, your hair is not receding, and it probably never was. If it's not receding now, it wasn't then. And therefore, I have to conclude that you are not always the best judge of the objective reality around you. Now, young, young Michael, this guy, this John Hodgman clone, monogamous at the age of 16, this guy, all he's doing is, is, is devoted to making sure your hair is as lustrous as possible so that you can have as, as full a romantic life as you can. So I rule in the, in the plaintiff's favor in this case, which is to say that I do believe that, uh, that Michael's uh, sense of uh, flirtation uh, is, uh, is attuned and is worth listening to. What you do with this information, of course, Patrick, is entirely up to you. And you should, first okay. of all, forgive him for calling you fat and bald. And, uh, and second of all... Oh, I forgive you. Yeah, and second, and second of all, you know, uh, uh, bring him out uh, to some karaoke nights. <laughs> Not that you wouldn't anyway, yeah. but, you know, yeah. do, you know let, let, him, let, him, let him do his job and, uh, and, and listen to his counsel. Because I think that in some ways he is wise, uh, like Cyrano. Uh, and in many ways, I would say that, uh, that uh, like Cyrano, 
you might take some a little bit of advice from him, which is to say, without reducing any of your lovely charm, of which you have buckets, believe me, and you're a good-looking dude with a full head of hair and everything else, uh, you might, uh, you might uh, b- um, uh, get to the point a little bit more. If young women are something that you want to have in your life, uh, I think they'll appreciate the decisiveness of a simple sentence said plainly. That said, I still don't think you're going to have any problems because you're a good-looking guy. Now, Michael, my friend, yes, in sweater, my friend in sweater vests, I'm happy that you are in love. <laughs> uh, I'm happy that you're in love uh, in a wonderful monogamous relationship. You're going to have a wonderful time. Uh, do not live vicariously through your more handsome friend. I speak to you as a brother here. You understand? Yes, Your Honor. Do not attempt to live vicariously through your more handsome friend. There is a song for both of you to sing at karaoke, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And, uh, and, and I, I do keep on the alert for those moments that he might miss, but do not over-alert him. Because remember, even though he is a, a, a classically handsome fellow with a nice head of hair who probably could eat clarified butter all day long and not gain a pound, and whereas you and I are both bespectacled weirdos wearing sweater vests... You have two things going for you. You have not grown a mustache, and you have something else, as Cyrano de Bergerac did, panache. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules, that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Patrick, briefly, how are you feeling? Come on, Patrick. Well, just- I must say that... Uh- this podcast has uh, definitely raised my self-esteem by bucket loads, as he says. Michael, how are you feeling? Uh, I have mixed feelings now. I, of course, I, I I do feel good that this argument uh, is over and that, uh, you know, Pat, Patrick has sworn allegiance to Judge John Hodgman's ruling and he will have to listen to me from now on. Um Although I do, with Patrick's self-esteem bolstered so high, I think mine is being crushed to the dust. You don't need it. I guess that's true. What am I doing with it? Girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. Well, Patrick, Michael, thank you very much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you for having us. Judge Hodgman, are you flirting with me? Well, you you didn't notice mm, the pen in my breast pocket? I just assumed that you had to take a lot of legal notes, but... (laughs) Being is that we're not in Kentucky. Is that is that a sharpie in your pocket, or are you just trying to take my order? Um, listen, before things get unprofessional, why don't we clear the docket? Okay, I'll take my pants off. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, I think you misunderstood. Uh, here's a letter from Kat. A few years ago, my best friend Robert and I visited the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Braggy. Time- yeah. <laughs> no duh. At that time, the museum suggested a $15 admission fee for adults and $7 for students. Robert bought his ticket first for $15. Then I approached and p- placed a $20 bill on the counter and then asked if any type of documentation was needed to obtain the student rate. I am not a student, but was inquiring for a friend. The employee stated that no proof was required and then gave me my change and an admittance pin. It wasn't until I had walked a few feet away that I realized she'd only charged me the student rate. Robert argues that I should have gone back to the desk and paid the additional $8 because I was not a student. The employee at the desk made an incorrect assumption. There's also the technicality that the $15 price is recommended, not required, and I seriously didn't notice the error until I was already inside the museum. Was I in the wrong? Uh, the answer is no, you were not in the wrong. The reason is that, as you point out, the Metropolitan Museum of Art has a suggested or recommended admission price of $15. Uh, that is to say, uh, you could pay $15, you can pay $1, you can pay $0, you can pay in shiny shells and living beetles, and they will still let you in there. It's all made up. It was an honest misunderstanding. Additionally, between you and the person who was giving you the little pin, 
And to go back and to uh, explain to her that uh, you were asking, asking for a friend and actually wanting to pay the additional amount of money uh, and uh, you're so very sorry and there clearly was a misunderstanding uh, would have simply made that person want to strangle you and would not have helped in any way. The situation which was very clear that you got a little freebie that day, no big deal. That said, Metropolitan Museum of Art is a, a good institution worth supporting. Uh, when uh, when asked for a voluntary donation, you do not have to give, but I think it will make you feel better and will ultimately make uh, your friend Robert stop hounding you. Uh, if the next time you go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, you slip a tenor into the donation box in addition to your recommended $15, then everyone's happy uh, and, uh, and you get to see some uh, suits of armor and stuff. Uh, now, can hey. I take my pants off? You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go. Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, that's my wife and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an aura frame. <laughs> what I love about the aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog, uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children. Uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't right. even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house or all of them. Uh, it is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use the code Hodgman at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix. You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, you get a human stylist, not AI. A human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other. This professional stylist picks the clothes. They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, it, it is an absolutely incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that easy. Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like they know me and it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to, to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you, as you want to look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash JJHO. That's stitchfix.com 
slash JJHO, stitchfix.com slash JJHO. Hi, this is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the science of perfect pitch, the history of pride flags, and speedrunning video games. Any questions? Ah, yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast Let's Learn Everything. Where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom. I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline, and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? (laughs) No. (laughs) Obviously not. No. It's a podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.